In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A number of years ago, I read a book, I think it was by David Kinnaman, called Next Christians. In that book, it was a study about young people and their perceptions of Christianity, particularly the Christianity of their parents, my generation. It seemed that for them, Christianity did not hold out a positive vision of what God intended for us. It began on a negative note, namely the fall into sin, and it ended on the cross. What was missing was a larger vision grounded in creation. Joseph Sittler, back in 1961, addressing the World Council of Churches, argued that the doctrine of redemption needs to swing within the orbit of creation. That when the doctrine of redemption becomes separated from creation, then it becomes primarily something that saves us from sin, rather than also something that saves us for God's hope or God's vision. The New Testament scholar N.T. Wright suggests that we need to think of redemption in terms of God's, what he calls God's creation project. In other words, with regard to what God made and sustains and what God redeems and rescues, it all pertains to God's creation project. So what exactly did God, when you stop to think about what the first thing that God does outside of himself is to create? What was God's dream? What did God envision? I would suggest drawing upon sort of the scope of the scriptures that what God envisioned when he set out to create was nothing other than to create a garden home filled with life, a home in which he dwells as the source of that life. Now, to unpack that just for a moment, I want to borrow from John Walton, who teaches up at Wheaton College. He suggests that when people move to another town and they look for a residence to live, if they want to sort of buy a house in which to live, he says there are two types of people. And there are those who focus on the house and those who focus on the home. So the first group, when they go with the real estate agent, will focus on the house. That is to say, does the roof leak? How old is the furnace and how old is the air conditioner? How strong are the bones of the house? I think that means the structure of the house. Are there termites in the house? The other group, though, when they go with the real estate agent, look at how does the house live? What's the traffic flow of the house? Is the kitchen large enough to support both cooking and the gathering together with friends and family for dinner? The first thing that children do is run to find out which room is going to be their room. A few years ago, when my wife and I decided to rearrange the house a little bit, we took the, um, decided to do away with the dining room and make it into a morning room. That is a place where we could have coffee in the morning watching the birds outside of the bird feeder. So home, then, is how one lives. I recently talked to a woman in Sullivan, Missouri, she said, yeah, she says, when I think about my home, when I had to leave after 20 years, I went to every room and I said goodbye. Because each of those rooms holds a memory. 
of life lived there by me and by my family. So God's dream for his creation was a garden home filled with life, a home in which he would dwell as the source of that life. So what does that look like? I would suggest that, first of all, he filled that home with all kinds of life, both in the air, in the water, and on the land. Life of every kind, of every shape, and every color. Life that would have space and room to be domestic, to raise families, to gather food, to live domestic lives. But not only that, to be filled with life means to be filled with a gusto for life. And so we learn from Isaiah that the hills sing in joy and the trees clap. We learn that the Leviathan, God delights in frolicking in the ocean. For that home to be filled with life, then God filled it also with human creatures, living human creatures and giving them the task of being domestic as well, of cultivating a home and cultivating a garden. But not only that, gave them the additional task of looking after all of his life on earth, and in return, summing up the praises of all creation to God. But it's also a life lived with gusto. And so we read about how wine gladdens the heart of man, how the oil is to make our face shine, and how bread strengthens the heart. But that's not all. God then takes up residence in that home to be at the center of that home and the source of all that life within that home. So God's dream was for a garden home filled with life, a home in which he would dwell as the source of that life. Take that picture now and see how that works itself through the Bible. Is this not the picture that we have in Genesis 1 and 2? A, a home teeming with life, a home in which humans are cultivating life, cultivating art and music, a home in which God dwells within the garden as the source of that life. And when Adam and Eve were, became homeless and were kicked out of that home, isn't this the dream that God has of calling a people out of Egypt and bringing them to a new land? a new Eden that Deuteronomy describes as flowing with milk and honey, in which you have bubbling brooks and streams flowing down the hills, and the hills clothed with food and flowers. And even then, when Israel lost their home, is that not the dream that God provides them to return to their home after the exile? And it is a home in which God sought to dwell as the source of that life. So it's by no accident that either the tabernacle or the temple were miniature gardens of Eden. They were decorated with pomegranates and wood to be sort of miniature microcosms of Eden, the place where God dwells and where the four rivers stream out into the world, giving life to the world. And is this not the vision that God has for reclaiming his world in Jesus Christ? A home that once again is filled with harmonious, teeming life where the wolf lies down with the lamb and the cow eats from the same trough as the bear. A home in which God himself came to dwell bodily in the incarnation of Jesus Christ. And from Jesus Christ as the center of that dwelling flows that life outward through his death and his resurrection. First restoring his people 
to health and vitality and eternal life, and then from there to the entire creation. That is the hope, the promise of the resurrection. And so when we have that vision of the new heavens and the new earth in Revelation 21, look what it gives us. A garden home, a garden city. Where the Lamb is sitting upon his throne, and from that throne go four rivers out into the world, life-giving water, giving life to the trees of life, a home in which God's people are able to live with gusto, singing the praises of that Lamb. The ultimate goal is the goal that God set forth on the Sabbath, namely rest. Not rest in the sense of relaxation or putting your feet up on the footstool. It's been suggested by Old Testament scholars that no, the Sabbath is a transition. God completes his work and enters into rest, but it's more like this. God goes, ah, now things are working the way they ought to work. I don't know if you've ever thought that, or if you've ever experienced this, um, when you're, the place where you live, when your home is messy and cluttered, it doesn't feel peaceful. Some would say it lacks, what is it, feng shui? It doesn't feel peaceful. I have learned over the years, largely due to the ongoing, never-ending efforts of my wife, that the more the house is clean and uncluttered and things are put away, it's peaceful. Which then means, guess what? We can go about living our lives <laughs> in peace. Not just putting our feet up, but going about having conversations and having people over. It enables life to be lived. That is the vision, I think, that we offer this world. A garden home that God created and a garden home that God is recreating. A home filled with life and the gusto of life. But a home in which God dwells at the center as the source of that life. And I believe that we in the church begin living that out, even here. As Jesus Christ is the center of that life, and from here, with the forgiveness of sins, flows life into the world, bringing about that vision that John sets forth for us in Revelation 21. That is our hope. That is God's dream. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're invited to stand as you are able to sing the hymn.